Welcome back to the Leverage Podcast. I'm Ari Mizell, and today I am solo interviewing Jeff Woods of the Menti Podcast and a bunch of other cool stuff we're going to talk about. So, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, of course. And uh, I, I guess officially I'm no longer the mentee and I took over the One Thing podcast. Yeah, but I mean, it was such a great podcast. I have to, I have to give you uh, reverence for that. So well, thank you. Yeah, well, and, and we've had you on before and we were talking about the mentorship stuff, but this time we're going to talk about the one thing, right? So for people who haven't heard the previous episode, why don't you just tell them a little bit about the mentee? Yeah, I was in a, a corporate sales job and always knew I wanted to do something different, knew I wanted to be a business owner, but didn't know how to get there. And I figured that if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, maybe I should focus on upgrading my five and surrounding myself with entrepreneurs. I did that pretty quickly, started the mentee, to document my journey, literally recording the private conversations with my mentors, who some of them are pretty big names. And as a result of doing that, that podcast really took off. An opportunity came to interview Jay Papazan, who co-authored The One Thing with Gary Keller, and uh, interviewed him, followed up over time, asking how I could add value. And ultimately, we ended up creating an opportunity for me to move to Austin, Texas to start a company with Gary and Jay around The One Thing. And then I replaced myself on the mentee because I can't be the face and the CEO of the one thing and have two things. So now the mentee still lives and breathes, but season two, I have a new mentee who's documenting their journey. And now my one thing is the one thing. Awesome. Okay. So now tell everybody, I mean, you'd think it would be self-explanatory, right? But what is the one thing? (laughs) Yeah. the, The one thing Gary would say, it's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. It's the idea that every single one of us has a lot of things that we could do every day, but can you apply priority and focus to your life and identify the one thing that you can do such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? That's, that's a very good way to distill it down. I like that. Okay. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, and, and what was it like working with Gary for all that time? It's been the most mind-expanding year of my life. And, and here, I'll tell a story that will probably help a lot of people look at the way they approach their days. One of the first things they were testing me on was, can I cast a vision for the company? If I want to earn the right to be the CEO of the company, can I cast a, a really strong vision? And I had to get them to sign off on a business plan in my first 90 days of being on the job. I remember walking into the room with Gary and Jay. We start talking about my business plan, which was just three points. Priority number one, priority number two, priority number three. And we start talking about number one. Gary and Jay ask a bunch of questions. I answer them. I start getting into number two. And Gary quickly starts asking more questions about number one. I don't think anything of it. I just ask, I answer the questions. I say, are we good? He goes, yeah. And I get back into number two. I start finishing up number two, start talking about priority number three. Gary starts asking more questions about number one. I don't think anything of it. I just answer the questions. And then I say, are we good? He goes, oh, yeah. I start talking about priority number three for 10 more seconds before Gary stops me for a final time and says, quick question, do you need to accomplish number three to accomplish number two? I said, no. He said, you need to accomplish number two to accomplish number one. I said, no. He said, then do me a favor. Draw a line between number one and number two, or even better, just rip the page in half. Crumple it up and throw it away. Don't even think about number two and number three until you have mastered number one. Here's why this matters. Every single one of us, whether it's in our professional life or in our personal life, we look at all the things that we need to do and we try to make meaningful progress in all of them. In that moment, I realized that I didn't earn the right to think about anything else until I had mastered my number one priority. And it ended up taking me, I literally said no to everything for four to five months and focused on one big rock. 
until I mastered it. And the business took off as a result. So what was that one thing? I had created a course called Time Blocking Mastery. It wasn't converting profitably. That was part of number one, getting that course to convert profitably on cold traffic. And he said, why are you thinking about launching a podcast? Why are you looking to build your team? Why are you looking to do all these other things? If you haven't first and foremost gotten that course to be profitable. So stop focusing. Don't even think about the podcast. Don't even think about recruiting people until you master that. And it, I ended up investing over 200 hours rewriting a training, a webinar, and until it converted. I mean, it makes total sense is the way you frame it. But how is there like a framework for people to go about identifying what that one thing is and, and, and not simply just removing the things that are sure. not the number one, right? Sure. And, and this is, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions around the book. We all have more than one thing. You know, there's, there's they, on, they, on page 114 of the book, they call it the seven circles. It's the seven most important areas of your life. Your spirituality, your physical health, your personal well-being, your relationships, your job, your business, and your finances. We all have a one thing for each one of those circles. But this is about saying, where am I going to narrow the focus to first? Because you can't affect meaningful change in all seven circles at once. Pick one. And then narrow it down to the one thing that you can do there that will make everything else easier or unnecessary. And it's not that you just do one thing for the rest of your life until it's done. It's that you do it first. It's really easy for us to look at a to-do list and to just do the easiest thing so that we can get it crossed off. This, in Gary's world, it's about flipping it and saying, what's the most important thing, which is often the hardest thing to do? And how do I hold myself accountable to making sure that I am doing that first. And if it takes the entire day or if it takes the entire week, then great. I had an effective week. But most people just do whatever is easier or whatever already on their calendar. And they hope to accomplish their most important work in the time that remains. You know, because a lot of times when you're looking at like goal setting or like breaking things down, people are looking at what is like the very next step, right? So how big can that one thing be or how small should it be? You know what I mean? Like, should the big thing be right mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. The, and this is, and this is the next thing. When we were, over the last year, we've worked with close to a thousand people now on identifying their one thing and time blocking it so it's on their calendar to the point where it's a habit that sticks. I think the biggest mistake that people make is they pick too big of the one thing. Right. The, the, the focusing question of the book is what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. It's not should do, want to do. My wife tells me I should do it. It's that you can actually do it. And so when people say my one thing is to lose weight or get in better shape, we had a woman, Peggy, that that was her one thing. She had to boil it down so specific to the point where her one thing, the one specific measurable activity she could do every single day was to simply be in her gym clothes and out the office door by 5.53 p.m. every single workday. That was her one thing. It wasn't exercising. It wasn't diet. The one thing that made everything else easier or unnecessary was being in her gym clothes and out the door by a set time. That allowed her to get to the gym. It allowed her to lose the weight. It allowed her to build her confidence. Everything else happened because she picked a very specific measurable action that became a habit. Okay, so then the one thing is not necessarily the goal, right? The one thing can be the tool. Correct, correct. The one thing is the action that if it becomes a habit, meaning it requires little willpower or discipline to do, allows you to accomplish the big goal. Okay, that's a very important distinction in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So then what's your one thing right now? My one thing has been hiring an executive assistant, an extraordinary executive assistant, because I have been drowning for the last 14 months and I just got a signed offer letter back in the last 72 hours. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What did that process look like? That process, my God, it was four months 
of that was my one thing for the last four months. Meaning last, there were weeks where I didn't do anything except get on the phone for screening calls and taking people through the, the process and doing reference checks. I mean, we had hundreds of applications that came in. And I mean, our, our hiring process is so detailed and rigorous. It literally took four months of full-time focus. Can you tell me about your hiring process a little bit? Because that's really interesting to me. Gary is a master of systems. And when back way back when Keller Williams was just a small little real estate company, he knew if he wanted to be the largest real estate company in the world, had to be able to scale beyond him, meaning that he had to have systems that taught everybody the most important things. And the most important thing you can do in any business is recruit amazing talent and teach them how to recruit amazing talent. So it starts by first and foremost, getting hyper clear on what that person needs to be able to do. A lot of people refer to it as a job description. But instead of saying, what do they need to do? Gary flips it. And he says, what are the two to three things this person would have to be able to do exceptionally well or they get fired? It's a different way of looking at it. So I could make a laundry list of things I want my EA to be able to do. But when I flip it and say, if I give them 90 days to prove two to three specific things to me, what are those things going to be? Otherwise, I have to fire them. And when I got clarity on that, that then informed the job posting that we wrote. We screened the resumes and specifically looked for those two to three things. We have a proprietary personality assessment that we have allows us to get on the phone with them and have real conversations around those things. Then we have many, many, many interview steps following that, that just basically dives into their entire career. What jobs have they had? What did they do? What were the highs of that job? The lows of that job? What did they learn at each job? What did they earn at each job? We're looking for career trajectory. We're looking for um, the moments that they really thrived, the moments where they really didn't. Because the worst thing we could ever do is get into business with somebody and give them an opportunity that 100% guaranteed will take them away from accomplishing their goals of what really matters to them in their life. And so we invest a ton of time on the front end. And you know the, the results speak for themselves. I mean, this system has helped Keller Williams scale to 155,000 people now. Well, congratulations on that. So now what's the next one thing for you? The next one thing for me is going to be to onboard her and get her up and running successfully. But out, outside of that, you know, let's remove it from the EA. We just launched the One Thing podcast. I knew over the last year, we needed to make a shift and just put tremendous focus on adding value to our audience. And the one thing I can do to add value at scale is podcasting. It's, it's my skill set. So we just launched it. It hit the top 10 in business within the first few weeks. It's doing exceptionally well. And now just continuing to scale that and grow that and add more and more value. Congratulations on that too. Again, because podcasts are just getting so great. Honestly, like, I mean, I think yeah. we've been such a great medium. We have two, obviously, so we like it. But I feel like podcasts keep going to a new level, which is just sort of a random tangent for me. But just to back up a little bit, so reframe this for people again, Greg McEwen, you know Greg, obviously, right? Yeah, essentialism. Yeah. So, right. So Greg's been on the podcast and, and one of the things that he talks about, which I always really love, and this relates completely to what you're saying, is how the word priority was a singular word for like 600 years or something, 400 years until the industrial revolution or something. And then it started become priorities, you know, and, it, and it's like, it, it, it's an oxymoron in itself, right? Hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, because you shouldn't have more than one priority, obviously. So now, having that one thing, that one priority, the one thing that you're going to work on, is there some way for you to have a like a backlog, or you know what is going to be next, or you just you don't know until yes. you get there? Yeah, we have a system that we use internally inside Keller Williams called a four one one. It's a it's a single sheet of paper 
that on that sheet of paper shows our goals for the year in order of priority, what then our goals for the month, meaning what do we need to accomplish this month to be on track for this year? And those are in order of priority. And then what do we need to accomplish this week to be on track for the month? Uh-huh. In order of priority. This is not a to-do list. This is not a laundry list of little actions, those 80%. These are big rocks. Any week, I maybe have four or five big rocks on there for the week. Of course, I have more to do than four or five things in a week, but those are the four to five big things, and I rarely get them all done. Gotcha. Okay. And when you have the one thing also now, are you breaking that down into something smaller? Like, I know, you, I mean, you just sort of explained a little bit, but launching the podcast, running the podcast, do you have that broken down into specific subtasks or things like that that you focus on? Correct. So I, like, it'll say the one thing podcast, like that is, that is a big rock for the week, but I will say very specifically batch create three episodes, line up two interviews for other shows. So that can be Specific and measurable in terms of, you know, when I present my 411 to Jay Papazian, who co-authored the book, because he's my accountability partner, he'll look at it and he'll know exactly what I mean by that week when I say I need to focus on the one thing. Gotcha. That's right. You now, know, executive assistant, I have to craft for this week. It says I have to craft my 30, 60, 90 plan for them. Meaning what do they need to accomplish in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and every specific thing that I will need to give them so that they can be successful. I have to have that documented by the end of this week. I know that. And then can you apply this equally well to a team versus an individual? Absolutely. So this is used as the tool for teams for accountability. Jay has a 411 that he has to report up to the person he reports to. Then Jay reviews my 411 every week. I have people who report to me where they submit their 411s to me on Monday so I can see what their priorities are. Then I get to provide mentorship and guidance, ask questions to make sure that they're thinking about all the right priorities, figure out what I can do to support them. And then at the end of the week, it's very clear for me. They only declared four to six things that were big rocks for that week. And I get to see, hey, they got number three and four done, but not number one and two. Why is that? Why aren't they acting in order of priority? What does that conversation need to look like for the next week so that I can help them become a type of person who takes more action in order of priority and gets their most important work done first? Awesome. That's a really, it's a really, really good framework. Um, is there going to be an update to the book that we can expect? Update to the book, not necessarily. We are in talks with our publisher currently about coming out with a fable based on the one thing, because that's just a much bigger market and people have asked for it. So that very well, that very well could happen. That's a very cool idea. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, So last question, what are the top three pieces of advice you can give people to be more effective? I think first and foremost is, is giving yourself permission to say no. There are so many things that come at us every single day. And for some reason, a lot of us struggle with being yes men or yes women, where we feel like if somebody asks us for help, we have to say yes in that moment. If somebody sends us an email, we have to respond within a certain time period. The challenge is when you say yes to other people, you're really saying no to yourself. And I would encourage and suggest that people flip that and get get real clear on the one thing that they can do. And it can be in professional, it can be in your personal life. And say yes to yourself first and then be able to say yes to everyone else in the time that remains. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, you invested your most valuable resource, which is your time to listen to Ari's podcast. Are you the type of person who just consumes or are you going to hold yourself accountable to putting it into action? That's where you'll get real, real meaningful results. 
I like it, Jeff. Push the audience to get off the bus and do something. I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, I know there are some people this is going to resonate with. They're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Then they're going to press pause. They're going to go do something else. And they're not going to take action in terms of looking at their calendar for the week and being like, oh my gosh, do I actually have my most important work scheduled on my calendar in a time block? I don't. <gasps> Maybe I should do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, so Jeff, thank you very much. That was very enlightening. And uh, where can people find out more about you, the one thing, the podcast, everything? Sure, sure. So the podcast is the one thing podcast. That's all spelled out. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. Our website is the one thing.com. That's with the number one. Um, we're on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, the one thing book with the number one. Okay. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Thanks. Sorry. Want to create more positive leverage in your life? Visit www.getleverage.com to access additional interviews, our blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to hear a new episode every week.